Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. You know, when we're talking about this, and, and some of you guys like the core four and all of that kind of stuff, man. I mean, that I'm glad to hear that it's stuff like that, man. Like just that being saturated by the gospel, um, and that's actually going to go into what we're saying. I'm trying so hard not to go into another sermon right here, Pat. Okay, <laughs> it's your fault if it goes too long. Uh, but anyway, and happy birthday to Pat. Yes. It's Pat's birthday. And it's Brent's birthday. And it's, uh, it's our founding father's birthday, Jared. It's his birthday all the way down to Gainesville. You know, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, happy birthdays. Linda Borders had a birthday. You know, she, she wants me to say it more often, you know. She was excited about that. Uh, but um, uh, let, let's pray and then we're going to get into our study for the day. Let's go to God. Father, thanks. Uh, God, thank you for showing us the way, Father. And I pray that you give us ears and eyes that are attentive to your voice and to your, like all the good things that you're doing in the world around us, God. It's so easy to see the bad things and it's so easy to focus in on the things that seem impossible. And God, thank you that you uh, are a father of the impossible. God, you do things that we can't possibly ever do here. And God, please open our minds and our hearts to truly believe that, God, that we aren't just trying to do something. We're not trying to follow you just so we could do human things. God, we want to see and be a part of and join you in your work of miraculous things and miraculous changes and uh, just hearts that are changing and communities and families that change. God, please give us increased faith. Please give us more and more the uh, faith of your Holy Spirit. God, we love you and pray in your name. Amen. So um, how has this week been? How has it been as far as being an apprentice of Jesus? You know, it's, it's, uh, we, we've talked about some pretty difficult things the past four weeks or so about, you know, we started out with the idea of, man, what on earth, um, did, uh, did Jesus mean when he said, Hey, follow me. Okay. I mean, that's, that's so much a part of our Christian, like a, we, we almost don't even think about what that could possibly mean. So could you imagine anything greater than Jesus himself in the flesh? Like these guys experience coming to you. And saying, hey, follow me, you know, the, the first instinct we would have is this idea of, man, why would you want me? Yeah. Like, why would you want me to do this? Okay, the guys that he chose were like that. And I would imagine that all of us in here share that same thing, okay? And, and, it, and maybe not, okay? Maybe there's a couple of you that are going, no, I'm, 
He should have picked me. I'm awesome. Okay? Well, he's got other teachings for you for that. Okay? But really, there's something about that, okay, of being chosen, of being picked out, of being like, like somebody recognized there's something about that person. Okay? And it wasn't competency that he was looking at. He was just like, man, I love you. And, and, and he could have picked, and he did. In his time, Jesus picked the, 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 the men and the women who were the, the lowliest. Like, you would never start a movement with the people he chose, right? Because they weren't competent religiously, right? They weren't, they weren't, you know, properly educated and properly trained and all that kind of stuff. And that's exactly, which is really cool, that's exactly who Jesus is, like, pinpointing. Because he's like, man, I don't need a bunch of scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law who have spent all their lives and have some kind of talent to do this. I'm going to take people who the world would say, you could never do this. And then that way the world can see God working through us, okay? And so, you know, that, that's what we've been studying out is this idea of what did he mean when he said, follow me? And then ultimately when he said, hey, now go make disciples of all nations. What did he mean? Like how on earth... You know, like getting an idea of what that meant, but how am I supposed to do that? Like, Jesus, you, you just turned us loose, it seems like. Now go make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them and all of these things, right? And so um, here's the interesting part. The good part, I think hopefully the mind-blowing part, is that he didn't leave us alone to do this on our own, okay? So whatever your personal strengths are, and it's fine to know what those are, okay? It's fine to know that maybe you excel in certain areas. I mean, some people excel in being able to like articulate a message, to be able to speak clearly, to be able to make connecting points with the Bible. Like there are people, you know, that different folks have, maybe do really, really well at just being warm and welcoming and hospitable and all of this. And that's, all of those things are fine, okay? But all of those things are just, can be just worldly strengths as well. Yeah. The really great thing is, is that, that Jesus knew from the beginning, he's like, no, I'm actually going to come and live inside of my people. I want you to think about what you've ever thought about when you think of the Holy Spirit. When you think of God's Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit made it, I mean, for the first page, the first chapter of the Bible, the Holy Spirit was there, man. Hovering over the waters of the earth. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, again, literally it's like wind or breath, okay? Like, we shouldn't conjure up just a, a, an image of an embodied person or something. It's like it literally unembodied, like the wind blowing wherever it wants to blow, wherever he wants to blow, okay? It's this, so you have this Holy Spirit, and God actually is like, I'm going to come and live inside of my people. I'm going to permeate every cell of their body, every aspect, every thought, every, every nook and cranny, every, everything. He's like, I'm going to come and inhabit my people, okay? And th this is, here's what's really great about this, okay? And, and this is one of those things I'm working through in my own mind right now. So it, it, there, there's a very fine line, okay, between being an apprentice of Jesus and being a Christian performer. And, and I don't mean that, I, listen, understand what I don't mean. I'm not talking about being a hypocrite. I'm not talking about that you're coming to church and then you're leaving and doing something else. That's not what I mean. I mean, it's, there's a very fine line of being a follower and apprentice of Jesus 
And somebody who is like, okay, I know how I'm supposed to perform as a Christian, so every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to really try hard to perform that way. Okay, we just, we just spent four weeks on this teaching of Jesus where he clearly articulated what the way of life looks like for those who will follow him. And so, again, it can be, it can be like a, a really, this is something we're going to all have to examine in ourselves because I find this to be something that is really easy to do, okay? is to go, oh, man, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I ought to do. I know what I should do, okay? Have you used those words before in your life? Right? I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I ought to do. I know what I should do, okay? Those are the words, honestly, when we're trying to perform Christianity, okay? But, but there is a difference between being an apprentice of Jesus, something that's going, okay, I'm going to learn from Jesus how to do this life. Okay? And one of the crucial aspects is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we have to perform. We have to come up with a performance to do this. The Holy Spirit is what makes all the difference in the world, okay? When Jesus is like, hey, if you want my peace and you want the burden that's light and the yoke that's easy, when you want that, okay, he clearly understood, man, my Holy Spirit will be living in them. That's how people will be able to follow me and it won't be a burden, okay? He's known this from the beginning, this plan, okay? Is he... Says in John chapter 7, if anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Don't you love that metaphor? He said, those who believe in me, as the scripture has said, okay, remember and keep that in mind, okay? Uh, those who believe in me, as the scripture said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, but the Spirit had not yet been received because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Simply that, in the simplest terms, means that the Holy Spirit, who is all over the place and everywhere, has not yet inhabited people at this point because Jesus had not died and rose from the dead yet. That's all, that's the only thing that this verse is implying there, okay, with that. But think about that idea. Can you imagine... If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, the metaphor of streams of living water. Now that right there is almost like, that's helpful to me. That metaphor. It's like, this is how it's been from the beginning. If you love me, he said in John chapter 14, you will keep my commands, okay? Isn't it? I don't know. I always think, I always think we get strange about verses like that. When Jesus says things like, keep my commands, we get kind of strange about this. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. This is one of those weird things where we, we kind of create this weird theology of like, but no, it's not about obeying him. We can't just obey him. But he's made it clear. And, and what he's simply saying there is, is if you want to follow the way of life and if you will follow the way of life I have laid out, okay, then I know you love me. Doesn't that make perfect sense? Yeah. That Jesus would come and he would say, I'm the, he is the king. He's not being prideful by saying it. And in his efforts to rescue humanity, he said, I'm going to show them a way of life. I'm going to show them a way of life 
that will supersede everything this world teaches and it will not hurt people okay and it will be it will be a, a, a light burden on people and it will it will it will give and create relationships that are deep and loving and fulfilling okay this is what he's saying he's like listen when you trust me and and if you love me this is the life you'll choose to live seems perfectly normal to me that he would say that and he says I'll ask the father and, and I'll give you another counselor. That's an interesting word here. Another counselor. Right? And depending on how savvy you are with like Bible studies and Greek and all that, you go, well, that word, word counselor is paraclete, okay? And so oftentimes that refers to walking alongside somebody, okay? Counselor, advocate. It's really difficult to nail this word down because it's so rich. Okay, so I would just encourage you, whatever version of the Bible you're using, whatever your favorite like terminology is. No, I like coming alongside, but I like advocate. I like counselor. Understand something. All of those are part of this. Okay, it isn't like pick your own. Okay, this is such the spirit is so rich. It's hard to nail down a word. Okay, but he said, I'll ask my father. He'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Stop and think about that for a second. The spirit of truth. We, we've already learned some things about the Holy Spirit just from the verses we've read. Like waters flowing within, streams of living water. The spirit of truth, a counselor, an advocate, somebody walking alongside and said the world is not able to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. He's, Jesus said this before he died. He's already telling people, like, I'm not asking you to follow me in a way that you're just going to get burned out and, and just so exhausted. And so, and this is where, what I shared before, why I wrestle with, because my nature is like, I can just be like a hard worker. Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. So, man, come on, work hard. Like, go for it. And I can get to a place where I'm, like, really tired and really kind of, like, worn out. And the, here's the interesting thing. It isn't because Jesus is asking me to do something that's wearing me out. It's because I'm not attentive to the Holy Spirit, who is this stream of living water, right? Can you imagine a stream of living water? You're going, oh, man, when I'm walking with this, this is different, okay? And he says... Uh, you know, the world can't see him, but you you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. And later in that, I'm just kind of bumping down that same chapter right there in verse 19. Jesus goes on. He said, in a little while, the world will see me no longer, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. All right. So you're getting an idea of this Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. He's like streams of living water, refreshing truthful, advocate, counselor, walking alongside us, life-giving. Because I live, you will live too. In that, and he said, on that day, uh, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. I mean, can you think of a unity that's any greater than that? All right? Can you imagine, I want you to imagine and take some time to do this. Like, what it, you know, the absolute magnitude of God, right? Of, like we're right now, 
we are partaking in, in true miracles just for us to be able to interact and communicate and to live right here. I mean, the miracle of, of, of just our cells not exploding everywhere, okay? Our planet not going crazy, okay? I mean, there's this the miracle that we're engaging in right now because there was God who created our universe and he has made it in a way that we can sit here and communicate to one another, okay? I mean, I'm just painting that picture as far as the grandeur of God. And he's saying, hold on a minute. Part of the deal with my Holy Spirit is you'll know that the Father is in me and I am in the Father and he is in us, okay? So there's this unity of being, it's hard to imagine, okay? You will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Okay, again, it's that idea of coming, man, if you trusted the way of life that I share, that's how I'll know you love me. Is that you trusted me not with what you see in this world or what the world is telling you to do. You actually trusted what I told you, and I know that you love me because you're doing that, okay? I mean, there's, there's what's important about kind of having these scriptures is that we begin to see that the Holy Spirit and living in the Holy Spirit and walking in the ways of Jesus in the kingdom ways are so intertwined, okay, they can't be pulled apart, okay? I think sometimes with the Holy Spirit, what happens, we get a little weirded out, okay? I mean, listen, social media has a gazillion different funny memes of what people do who say that they are experiencing the Holy Spirit, okay? Somehow we have taken something that God has said, I'm going to come and live inside of you in order for you to go out and be empowered. And we've turned it into almost like a circus sideshow on Sunday in different places. Mm. Okay? And so what people think is the Holy Spirit's weird. Okay? People who talk about the Holy Spirit are weird. You do weird things when, when, you, when the Holy Spirit starts like interacting, except as we see in the scriptures... Everything that we've studied, we're going, you know what? This is really good news. Man, this is fabulous news that he hasn't asked us to follow him and just left us to our own devices. That he said, I'll empower you and refresh you and walk alongside you, okay? That sounds good, don't you think? Yeah. That sounds like a really good thing for the king who's saying, hey, follow me, and then I'm going to help you to teach others to follow me as well, Okay. Just another paragraph down in John 14. If anyone loves me, again, do you notice this? Are you noticing a theme? If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That is, that's a whole other thing we're not going to talk about right now, but that's, that's goodness. Okay, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words, okay? He said, the ones who don't love me, they, they're not going to walk in the way of life that I've described. There's not trust there. There's not love there, okay? The words that you hear, or the word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. Isn't that good? Isn't that great that he said, I'll come and live inside of you and I'll remind you of things even. Right? It's very difficult, though, to be reminded of something that we're not attentive to. Right? That we're not, ear, like our ear isn't tuned into, that we're not paying attention to. I mean, can you imagine, like, how often, I think about this, how often the Holy Spirit inside of me is going, Keith, Keith, I can't, I can't. 
Like, can you, Keith, can you stop for a second so I can remind you of this thing? Right? It, it seems like in our worst moments, we speed up. <laughs> right? In our, in our worst moments, just speak faster. Like, get to the, you know, arguments are like this. You know, it's just get after this. And he said, no, the Holy Spirit, he's going to come and live in you and teach you all things. Isn't that great? That the Holy Spirit is a teacher as well. See, that takes pressure off of me, okay? Because here's the deal is, is, is a guy, I mean, there's no way that you could come up and like have like this perfect, sometimes we want that. We want people to be able to give us like these perfect parables and metaphors and stories and keep, can't you tell me like a funny story and a life story and something I'm going to remember, you know, and all these things and go, well, maybe paying attention to the Holy Spirit, we have an even greater teacher that we oftentimes maybe aren't attentive to. Jesus says this in John 16, I still have many things to tell you. Doesn't that make sense about Jesus? Can you imagine being him? And you have a couple years to teach a couple guys everything to go and start this thing up? He says, I have a lot of things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. It's too hard. Like there's a side of that. I love that. That Jesus is like, man, I can't even overwhelm you with this right now. There needs to be some time. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Okay, now understand something. As we go into this, I want you to start challenging your view of the Holy Spirit as a feeling. Okay? And this is where we can get weird. It's sort of going, oh man, it's going to guide us into all truth. So what that means is my heart is going to lead me. A feeling is going to lead me. When I feel a certain way, if it's a positive thing, it must be the Holy Spirit. I want you to just... Like, put a little note, pat, a little sticky note in your brain process right there and go, let me challenge that, okay? We're about to do it here. But he says the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own. Whose behalf would you think the Holy Spirit would speak on? Yes, it's that simple. It's that easy. Whose behalf will he speak on? Will the Holy Spirit come and give us a new teaching? Will the Holy Spirit come and teach us a new doctrine? Absolutely not. Okay? He's not speaking on his own. But he will speak whatever he hears. He'll also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Okay? So, are you getting the idea of this personal Holy Spirit that thinks and has a drive and is about God and it's like, it's not just Listen, it isn't just like this plug-and-play, impersonal being or whatever, okay? Is I'm going to remind you, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to guide you, okay? Here's the interesting, let's start making the connection here, okay? Is this idea of what does the Holy Spirit have to do with the Word of God, okay? And, and why this is maybe the most important part of what we do over the next couple of weeks is because this right here will keep, will, will quite honestly probably help us connect with the Holy Spirit more than almost anything else, okay? So, uh, this is Acts chapter 1. This is a little snippet. You're going to have to go and do the rest of the reading. But this is, this is Peter. They're trying to, they're trying to, uh, you remember Judas betrayed Jesus, okay? And they had to fill his place as an apostle, that's Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, the apostles were like, hey, we're supposed to fill his thought, okay? And so this is the context. Peter says, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, spoke in advance about Judas, but became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, okay? 
Read that for a second. Do you see a connection between the Word of God and the Holy Spirit? Because these are the things that we read right past and we don't make the connection. The Scripture had to be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David. Okay? And then... And then in Acts, they, they quote the verse. We look at it, we go, oh, that's a verse from the Old Testament. The brothers and sisters in the first century said, yeah, that scripture is the voice of the Holy Spirit. We cannot miss that, okay? All right? He's saying, no, the Holy Spirit spoke through David. In Acts chapter 4, you said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot futile things? That's Psalm chapter 2, okay? I think Psalm 2 or 3. Psalm 2, right? Yeah. yeah. So he said this, and again, this is a snippet. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, again, it's the idea of, no, but that's Psalm 2. Right? The Holy Spirit spoke that. Through David. Therefore, in Hebrews chapter 3, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That's the, that's the scripture from Psalm 95. That's what he's talking about from Exodus 17. But again, the writer of Hebrew, that Hebrew writer here, says the Holy Spirit said that. But it's Psalm 95. Like, no, somebody wrote it, though, right? That's a dude that wrote it. Right, again, paying attention to this connection is going to be really vital for us moving forward to go, how do I live in the Spirit? Right? Because that's what we're asked to do to be led by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. <coughs> And almost every Christian I know, myself included, that has almost been one of the most confusing topics I've ever encountered. Like, is it a feeling? Like, like walking in the Spirit? Like, what's that supposed to be like? And is it like, like being in the zone? Is that what it is? Like, like where everything's just like, man, it's going my way, and I'm like feeling this perfect, like, unity with the universe? No, 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 no. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit... We are talking about this interconnectivity with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this in Hebrews chapter 10. For after he says, this is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, says the Lord. That's another snippet there, okay? This will be up on the website too, by the way. You don't have to write this down word for word. Um... You know, we have, a, we have a running page of all of these things, so you'll be able to see this. But again, my point in this little snippet here is, again, he's quoting, the writer of Hebrews quoting Jeremiah. And we would study Jeremiah and go, hey, did you see what Jeremiah wrote? Man, Jeremiah's pretty cool. Man, I can't believe Jeremiah writes some really neat things. No, no, no. The, the early Christians would say, no, the Holy Spirit said that. Again, just making these connections 
more common one, Ephesians 6, 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Okay? Listen, I can't overemphasize this enough. Right? This idea of the Holy Spirit's words that come through men, and this is going to make it a, a, quite an impact on us as we move forward to get an idea of what does this mean to live in, okay? And then, you've read this before, all of chapter 2 and all of chapter 3, after every single church that Jesus speaks to, okay? The church at Ephesus and Diadora and Pergamum, all of these churches, okay, at the end, anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches, Okay, man, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, people have spent thousands of years trying to understand the unity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and all these things. Listen, you don't have to spend thousands of years to do it. You just take the Word at face value. And you're going, oh, so what Jesus said and what the Spirit said is the same thing. This is helping me now because it's going to help me understand what we're being called to do, okay, that it isn't. How do I conjure up a feeling or how do I get myself to like the perfect place of like peaceful Zen or something like that, okay? Is you have this connection with the Holy Spirit and now it starts to get very real, yeah. all right? Is this what we had read a few verses back uh, when he said, because I live, you'll live also. All right, this is, here's just, just an initial thought. Do you feel spiritually alive? Right? When you get stuck in like being a Christian performer of, hey, I'm going to be a good soldier and I'm going to try to do all the things I'm supposed to do and ought to do and should do. And we kind of abandon the Holy Spirit. Nothing in how we live, uh, listen, I can testify to that. You know, I mean, the, the world doesn't need to see a church full of people who are just absolutely worn out and burnt out. Okay. He's talking about life in us here. So this is good. Acts 2. I'll read it. Repent, Peter said. We've, already, we've gone through all of these things. He said, repent and be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, okay? Listen, I don't know where everybody lands on all this, okay? But, but here's the deal. My dream of dreams in church, okay, is that we would have a church where people wouldn't come in and go, oh, so that's what your group of churches teaches. <laughs> no, this is what the Bible teaches, okay? Right. Like the minute we... So uh, there, what's the problem? Like, let's just be a people, okay? And that we communicate that to other people, right? Like, not being, not being weird and not being embarrassed about this. But he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus so your sins can be forgiven. Like, that's a good thing. But it's, but, but having our sins forgiven, as incredible as that is, is secondarily great to what comes next, okay? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, okay, that's where I come and live inside of you. So, like, our junk had to be cleaned out for the Holy Spirit to come and live in us, okay? The Holy Spirit didn't kind of come and live in some nasty, dirty vessel, okay? And so he's like, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to purify you absolutely beyond human measure of purity, all of your sins will be washed away at baptism, okay? And I will come and live inside of you. So, again, start asking ourselves this question. 
Have I received the Holy Spirit to come and live in me? I mean, that, that, that's a game changer right there, okay? And, and I, I understand, like, we look at the world, like, through our own eyes, and we look at people and go, man, but there are good people out there, and they didn't do this. And there are good people and righteous people and, and well-meaning people and all of those kind of things, okay? Except, again, the, the, the standard isn't what we see. I don't get to confer the Holy Spirit onto somebody because I say they're good. Right? I'm saying that Jesus said, here is the way I'll do it. Typically do it. Mostly do it. I'm going to do it that way, okay? Because you can read, there are a few places in the Bible. The best way I can say it is the normative way that people get the Holy Spirit living inside of them is baptism. Immersion in water. Okay? And there's a handful of verses, one where Jesus breathes into his apostles and he breathes the Holy Spirit into them. There's other places where their hands laid on people, but those are few and far between, okay? This is the normative way through scripture. And he says, so repent and be baptized. And that's okay to let that sit on us in a way that can feel kind of heavy. A religious world won't accept this. Right. Okay? Do you remember a number of verses back when it said, man, the world will not be able to even know the Spirit because the world uses worldly means. The world wants to see something through their eyes. And Jesus is saying, listen, man, if you love me, like follow through with what I'm telling you to follow through. There's a reason when he said, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right? It isn't, it is not in any way, shape, or form some kind of sacrament that the church is supposed to do. Right? It's actually this real thing, okay? It's Jesus living in us by his Holy Spirit, okay? All the rest of the stuff's gonna be really hard to follow him without this. First, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Think about that. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit at baptism, right? Think, get an idea right now of what it seems like your body being a sanctuary, a temple of the Holy Spirit. But, but we could go places, we could go and talk about God's purity of his temple of what's allowed in the temple, what's not allowed in the temple. There's a lot, there's a whole lot that the Israelites understood about the temple. And he's saying, man, don't you know your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Like what we allow in and what we keep out matters. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is why we don't just kind of become very irreverent when we're talking about kind of even the sin of of the way we use our own phones of like what we're allowing into the temple right. of why we're not being unattentive about these things. He says that your body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. 4. today, we're, we're going to go through this, but we're probably going to kind of land the plane here and, and pick up here next week, okay? But there's an interesting thing of the connection between the Holy Spirit and how me and you, how our minds work. 
how we think, how we go through our day and things. Right? We, we, we've talked about a lot. So far, does the Holy Spirit sound pretty great? Yes. It's pretty amazing. I mean, could you imagine Jesus just sitting down and giving you, and here's the crazy thing about this, is in the span of like 35 minutes, we have covered about like one gazillion of the Holy Spirit. Okay, there, there is no way on this earth we could possibly plumb the depths of the Holy Spirit. And that's what's nuts, man, is we read like half a dozen verses on the Holy Spirit. We're going, this is the greatest. This is awesome. Like, how come I don't like pay more attention to this? How come I get duped to like just do things on my own strength? Like, how does that happen when this is so great? Right. Romans chapter eight, verse five. He says, those who live according to the flesh or in a worldly way, like the way the world operates, the philosophies of the world, the way people operate, that's what that word flesh means, okay? Those who live according to this, they think about those things, okay? This is like 101 right here. Like, how can we begin that process of making a connection between the truth of the Holy Spirit living inside of us? How do we begin bridging the gap to what does that look like in my life? Like, what does that look like every single day? What does that look like as I wake up or I go to school or work or something like What does that look like? We're beginning to get an idea here. He said, listen, if you want to live according to the world, then you think about what the world wants, okay? So, so when you think of what the world tells us we need, you know, think about it. It's pretty easy, right? And the world is like, you need money and lots of it. You need things and lots of them. You need things that are going to be really fun because life is not fun. Okay, You need to go and be coupled up with people. Like, you can't possibly be okay on your own. Okay, That's what the world is saying. Like, you know, is this idea of, no, man, you can't ever, there's no way. Right? You have to have a profession that that is, like, honorable, kind of like, that people are going to go, man, I'm really, that's great. You, you got a really cool professional job. This is what the world is. So here's, can, can you just think about your day? Think about what we worry about. Think about worrying about, man, I don't have enough money. I need to have a job that makes more money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough, man, I don't have what I see other people having. Like when I look at Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, is this idea of like, oh man, I want to be like those people. I don't have the right clothes and I don't have the right shoes and I don't have all of these things. And he said, well, that's a surefire way to live opposing the Holy Spirit. It's just think about that stuff, right? Like the, the television that we watch. That, I mean, we're being inundated by these things. But those who live according to the Spirit, think about things in the Spirit. All right? Now, we've already connected the dots, okay? The, the, the things of the Spirit are not some like, I wonder what those could be. It's not some like out there philosophy. It's not like I have to have some kind of like postdoctorate degree in theology and the Trinity and all of those things. It says those who live by the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit, things of God, things of Jesus, things that Jesus likes. Paul puts it this way, okay, in Philippians chapter 4. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable and exceptional and praiseworthy, think of these things. All right? This is where it begins, right here. 
that this is where we take the information of the Spirit and begin like, okay, let's, let's start like placing it into the fabric of our lives. This is how being a performer and being a follower, this is where it changes. Right here. It starts in our brain and in our mind and what we think about. This is the classic week for that, right? I mean, you when you express gratitude to people, you almost can't like have a toxic attitude and express gratitude at the same time. All right? If there's something that happens with our brain and our body is like, oh, I get it. This is different here, okay? So we're, listen, we've got to stop right there, okay? Because there's more coming, and if we, like, keep going down that path, we're going to be here through Thanksgiving, okay? So let's stop that. And if you're, if you're going, where can I get these notes? Remember, just go to the website. You'll find our blog. It's, I don't even, that blog seems like so, like, not, like, that's 80s almost. But I guess they call it, they call it that on our website. But anyway, go to that thing, okay? And you'll see all the rundown of all of the slides. You can look at them. Let's pray. We'll be done. The singers will come back. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.